Hello and welcome back to the Just For Us podcast brought to you by Bleakly, the best place for discussions on entertainment news that matters to you. We've been gone a few weeks, hope you didn't miss us too much, but we're back today raring to cover the veritable cornucopia of D23 news, the changing landscape of Hollywood action films, and the greatness of Glow Season 3. Sit back and enjoy. Welcome to another episode of Just For Us Podcast. We're back together again. Hey. <laughs> we're back. 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 Summer hiatus. Yeah. We went to sleepaway camp for two weeks. <laughs> oh god. And now we're back. And we survived. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't all get murdered. Aww. What a great camp experience. <laughs> I've never been to sleepaway camp. That is not a thing I ever I did really when do. I was, well, when you turn 15 of that year, you do confirmation camp. Mm. Like religious confirmation? Yes. Wow. But but kids don't, but Lutheran. Lutheran. I grew up Lutheran, quote unquote. (laughs) Um, But it's a very like, like kids go because it's fun. You know, you hang out with other like kids, like you meet new friends and then you learn about the Bible, which is like, no one cares. But (laughs) it's a fun, it's a fun like week away from home and you know, people sneaking alcohol, even though it's very prohibited, yeah. but, you know, you have a good time. And the church pays for it, so. <laughs> Getting it's drunk blessed. on the church is done. <laughs> That's how we do it in Finland. We have a mega episode today. A lot of topics to go over. A lot of happened in the last, what, two, three weeks? It's been oh, a while. It's been, yeah. it's been a bit of time. Yeah. It was like a slow couple of weeks there, though, news-wise. Yeah, it was. So I was kind of like, mm, there's like nothing fun to report on. Right, I was like re-watching really old shows. Being like, <laughs> yeah. no one cares about this. <laughs> <laughs> I was slightly grateful because since I'm the only person that writes for the website, it was yeah. like, okay, I can take a break. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get a little breather. Yeah. But I guess the biggest thing that's happened most recently is D23 and all the announcements there in the last two days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Still much. happening. Yeah, yeah, I know. Got a real-time update. <laughs> yeah. On my way here, I just um, I was looking over the one of the blogs I was following, and I saw that they released uh, Black Panther 2 information. So oh, really? Ryan Coogler is coming back. Nice. Um, Exciting. And its release, its release date is May 6, 2022. Is that phase four? I think it's five. Yeah. Five? five. Five. Sorry, sorry. So five. far away. Yeah. So far. I like, just went from being so excited to truly devastated. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it sounds further than it is. Yeah. It's like, It'll go fast. I mean, there's a lot. There's, there's a lot a planned. Lot <laughs> yeah. I guess so. But, but still. Highly anticipated. Yeah. No, it's been exciting because all the announcements my family is in town and my eight-year-old nephew is obsessed with marvel so it's been fun to be like oh they're gonna create this and like getting to break the news mm-hmm. to him and he's like wow really oh cool That's or he's really like cute. it's funny because the phase four stuff he was like what is this like what's the eternals and i was like I'm gonna be honest don't know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i think anyone knows yeah. not even angelina Not many people do. yeah, yeah. It's like remember Very. how like guardians of the galaxy wasn't really a thing mm, and then the movie yeah. came out and now you love them like that's what this is gonna be like that's a good comparison I mean, they're, go- they're going super niche with some of their streaming shows with moon Knight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 it's very it's interesting what they're doing but it's it's a risk here where there's like yeah. very small followings mm. but we'll yeah. see if they can like make them 
huge. Yeah, I mean, they are. I mean, they're small followers, but I mean, they're hugely popular amongst amongst those groups. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. like She Hulk alone and oh, She Hulk, I'm so excited yeah. about Ms. Marvel, which Ms. Marvel. I'm super excited about. Oh my god! And yeah. these are all supposed to cross into the movies yeah. as well because right. Kevin oh, Feige has cool. a direct hand into all of these for the streaming side. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think uh, I think our mascot dog and uh, she is really needy right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like those fan bases are have been so vocal over mm-hmm. the years, though. Especially like I've heard like Moon Knight pops up, especially when the Netflix stuff was going just constantly. Mm-hmm. And I don't really follow Moon Knight mm-hmm. for me. Someone wants to give me a short synopsis on what Moon Knight is, because I've been with my family and haven't been able to do a ton of research. Houston just told me it's like Marvel's Batman. Yeah. It's yeah. basically, it's, yeah. Across, it's Marvel's Daredevil and Batman, yep. like, sort oh, okay. of combined. So he's a, uh, he's a, what is it? Mark Spector is yeah. his, like, civilian name. Ooh. He's a um, U.S. Marine, and he was left for dead on some mission in an Egyptian um, temple. And that's where he gained his powers that do with, like, it follows the phases of the moon, like his strength will wax and wane depending on how the moon is. What they've done mm-hmm. recently in the comics, which is interesting, is that it, because he was, um, I think he was shot in the head or something for when he was left for dead, that all of his powers could just be due to mental illness and that he doesn't actually have any powers. His mind just doesn't understand that his body's, like, doing superhuman things. So he's just, like, pushing himself (laughs) quite farther than a human, but he's still human. Oh, wow. So they're exploring this weird aspect there in the comics, so Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's going to translate over at all into the shows. That's kind of like, um, that reminds me of Split. Yeah. Yeah. I think because it's, like, the same concept. Like, that's the same question. Like, do you actually have these powers, or are you, or is it mentally ill, and Mm -hmm. you think you have these powers, and everything's just sort of coming with you and that nah. do you have these powers or not wow. or do you have just have this split personality here that is very interesting from yeah. like a you know like the god complex of like extreme bipolarness mm-hmm. so uh, yeah that for anyone that is familiar with extreme mental illness that is very relatable yeah mm-hmm. i mean i think that like legion proved that you can form like a superhero show around that concept yeah mm-hmm. like pretty successfully and that three season run was like largely i would say incredible outside of like one yeah. or two setbacks and i don't think moon knight is nearly as weird as I don't Legion, think so. He's so. Not, yeah, it's definitely not as trippy. So I think <laughs> it's like, if you can make that accessible, like Legion accessible, then I think exploring that yeah, with Moon Knight Moon should Knight, be. I think it's yeah. definitely possible, especially because these are tighter series. I think they're all six-episode series. Mm. Um, That's good. Just, yeah. And then they'll cross over into movies or something. Yeah. That's why like, Disney Plus is so good for Marvel, mm-hmm. because they have this huge fan base, but like they don't, they can't be making all these huge movies mm-hmm. with all these like obscure characters. Mm-hmm. So like making these shows is so amazing that they can just bring everyone they want like onto screen because, M- I mean, MCU doesn't let you down. Like everything they make is great. Well, see, I'm interested to see it because I I have higher hopes for the Disney Plus stuff mm-hmm. because I feel like the Marvel TV series haven't really taken off on like. Hulu and the other one, like it's Runaways. A yeah. It's a separate team. Yeah. Right. So, like, I'm kind of expecting better. Because Agents production. of Shield has been doing well, and they they have some of the same people. Like, they kind of cross over into the movies as well, and that's, it's one of their better performing TV shows. Like, so. they never cross over into the movies. It's always been one way. Movie events have affected yeah. the show. The show has mm-hmm. never affected the movies. Interesting. I think because Kevin Feige, for some reason doesn't acknowledge any of the TV world exists. Yeah. Just because it's not under his, it's not under his control. Right. So he doesn't, he doesn't like to talk about any of it. Yeah. But now that these, t- these streaming shows are under his control, I think he's going to have a far more connected universe now. Yeah. That'll be interesting. 
because it's just I remember the big hype with all the Netflix shows was like finally getting to see like Daredevil will mm-hmm. eventually show up in the MCU and yeah. obviously that never happened mm-hmm. for better or for worse but it so I'm like super interested to see how people respond to having to like watch TV shows now in order to get or have a full understanding of what's happening yeah. in the movies yeah. I feel like so many people just won't like there's like I mean I feel like MCU is so far reaching that there's like the hardcore fan base but there's a lot of like casual movie goers that are like right. just want to be part of the eventizing mm-hmm. of yeah. it yeah. and you know those people will just be like nah, I'm kind of lost yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so my question with Marvel and like Disney Plus is like eventually the plan is to have like Jessica Jones mm-hmm. and those Netflix shows or those characters ported over I right? don't know. Contractually, right now, they can't touch them for two years. Right. Mm. So I think all these other ones are like the response that so they can't use the Defenders right now. So they're going to mm. try to do either Marvel Knights or something <laughs> with that aspect Instead. that they can control mm. over there. And then I don't know when they'll ever bring, you know, Daredevil and anyone back over or if they will be the same actors. I mean, I hope they are. But yeah, I, I hope so too. Wait, man, Charlie Cox was like maybe my favorite, like, Marvel superhero uh, across the board like mm-hmm. his Daredevil turn was absolutely incredible and it would be a shame especially where the third season left off which is just to me like the best thing that Marvel has done I would hate to not see that continue mm-hmm. yeah. in some capacity but I watched the first season of Daredevil I didn't really watch the second that much yeah, so. but um, what's also what's like, interesting to me is Charlie Cox playing Daredevil he got so used to like playing a blind character that like he was just looking away the whole time like he wasn't looking at the person he's talking to because if you're blind like you're not you know necessarily hyper focus on who you're talking to yeah so now he's had trouble like going into other roles like because he's been so used to doing that for a long time like focusing on like eye contact Mm -hmm. because he was hasn't done that for a long time that's so interesting and it's kind of the same i was thinking like him and like brand actor plays Play brand oh, yeah. because he yeah. actually he didn't wear his glasses on set. That's why he's like just looking into nothing because yeah. he actually cannot see. Mm-hmm. So like it played really well with the character. But I was like that'd be an interesting show with the two of them like both yeah. actors like looking Not into looking the distance. Yeah. 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 I wonder if they could like like yeah like call, like a blackout like contact or something. To, yeah. Like, more true. Or just you know cast a blind actor too. That's you true. could do that. I think it's harder to pull off some of the fight scenes. <laughs> maybe I'm not, I'm not <laughs> maybe I don't know I'm good enough for short but like Bran oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Danny Yen and um, one of the, the Star Wars spinoff mm-hmm. what was the last one uh, Rogue One yeah Rogue yeah, One, one. Mm-hmm. yeah he did it great he's yeah. not blind yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember going to see The Village in theaters when I was like in high school and Bryce Dallas Howard's character is blind <laughs> and I, was, I made it 45 minutes into that movie before realizing she was supposed to be blind <laughs> I was like I don't understand why she's like not realizing how close this like, monster I... thing is <laughs> I completely forgot that detail that well, I don't so know funny. if I ever noticed yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm starting to question you make it through that whole movie and never realize like, she's get out of there. Yeah. Like, oh, she cannot see it. I don't remember like explicitly saying it, but yeah. That's really My funny. friend group was weirdly obsessed with that movie when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Huh. 
I don't know why. Well, it was like, I remember when it came out, it was like a really big deal. Mm-hmm. It was M. Night. Yeah, yeah. M. Night Shyamalan. Mm-hmm. But it was even like, it was still like fading M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was like, oh, we've gotten some weird stuff mm-hmm. out of this. Yeah, because it was six, the sixth so, sense that was his popular one, and then the... Because it was, I think it was like mm-hmm. post, isn't the village like post, like Lady in the Water, and I like signs. It, it's, and, I think it came... Maybe after Signs, but before Lady in the Water. I like yeah. Signs. I thought that was an enjoyable movie. I, I revisited that film not too long ago, and I don't know how no. well it holds up. Oh, um, that's I, fair. The whole, like, swing away, son thing, it just cracks me up. And he just goes to work on these aliens with a baseball bat. <laughs> it's just such a weird movie. And, like, their weakness is just, like... It's water. Fucking water, yeah. yeah. The happening. Keep it simple. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, no, no. All of Mark Wahlberg's no. lines are delivered like a question. Yeah. <laughs> you can just leave us here. <laughs> God. That's funny. Uh. Um, and then D23, big Star Wars announcements, too, mm-hmm. show-wise. Mandalorian's their big opener for when the app comes out. Mm-hmm. Looks mm-hmm. really good. Looks great. Sci-fi Western. They spent a lot of money in all these shows. Oh, yeah. yeah. How did you like the Lady in the Tramp trailer? Oh <laughs> my god, I am so excited because they're too. real dogs. They're so cute. Also Tessa Thompson. Yeah. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Yeah, I think at least a lot of the dogs that we used on set were, like, adoptable, and they all found homes. Did the director adopt one of them? Probably. I know, like, uh, the dog that plays Tramp um, was from a rescue in Arizona. Mm. I don't know if the director adopted him, but they're so cute. So cute. And it looks really well made. Like, how they talk. Like, that animation, that movement is, like, like... Wow. I, know, I was like, lady, wow. You're <laughs> okay. a weird blend of, like, sometimes it's just a real dog, just, like, doing dog mm-hmm. things. It's like, I've just been told to sit here. And then sometimes when they put the CGI over their face, it's like, okay, this is a weird blend right here. But I think it works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, I honestly have no problem with the CGI talking animals. Nope. I just rewatched The Lion King, like, two nights ago with my family. Still holds up to me. I don't care. Let their mouths move. I don't. It doesn't bother me at all. I feel like their mouths like barely move though. Well, yeah, but like I don't know. I can just like suspend my disbelief yeah. for it. Like it's almost like it's campy, and therefore yeah. I'm like super into it. Cause yeah. I'm just like yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like These are I'm talking animals. Like, and it's cuter that they're real life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I agree. Real life animals are really cute. I agree. I'm so, excited for that. I'm, I'm here for it. I hope it. I hope it holds up to our expectations. <laughs> <laughs> Also, I don't know, well, Lizzie McGuire show mm-hmm. coming back. That I'm very curious what So did they like. did they really tell us much detail? I don't think so. It's mm-hmm. just gonna be like her Lizzie in the working world. Because <laughs> <laughs> like I that show to me is very much of its time. Yeah. You know, I don't think it's a show we need anymore. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I never I never watched it, yeah. so I don't know. I didn't know we Disney Channel was not on basic cable when I was growing up, so I would only watch it at friends' house that had satellite TV. (laughs) So I watched it very bits and pieces and was obsessed with it. It Mm -hmm. hit me at, like, just the right age. Like, I think I was, like, young middle school when it came out. Yeah. And so it resonated with me as a kid, but I don't think it's something that, like, I would go back and it would hold up for me. Yeah. I haven't gone back and checked it out, but... 
I mean, I, I watched the show a lot when I was a kid, but I don't. It wasn't a huge demand in my life. To, mm-hmm. But I don't. I don't know. I just sometimes I feel like these like reboot or like follow up series actually can be worthwhile. Yeah, they can so, work. I don't want to like count it out just yet, but it's yeah. just like not something that I ever cared about as I become an adult. In the way that it's like, oh man, I'd love to see Boy Meets World, and I know they did Girl Meets World, and it's like I, I would check that out. Mm-hmm. But Lizzie McGuire is not high on my list. Like, I wonder what's happening, you know, going on with Lizzie McGuire. Like, yeah. no one's ever asked that question. What's she doing now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She like had a pretty easy middle class bring up I'm yeah sure she's doing totally yeah. Right, right? <laughs> yeah um and one of the originals disney plus is the jeff goldblum show that i'm very excited yes. for the trailer looked amazing like it's just the jeff goldblum experiencing different things and i'm there for <laughs> it yeah. Yeah. i would just yeah watch jeff goldblum experience things right <laughs> like, I can, like hear him talk yeah is he like he'll just ramble and go on but like i'll listen to that for hours like that's so entertaining to me yeah i do want to backtrack for a second because we brought up Star Wars and we didn't touch yeah. on Obi Wan Kenobi, yeah. yes. and that's like the that's the really big, the big one, one to me. Um, seeing that return, it's like the first time I feel like they're really fully acknowledging the prequels uh, mm. and anything that came from that time. Yeah. Which, of course, like Ewan McGregor was maybe the best part of all that. Yeah, so uh, his return is like, I mean, yeah. I knew the mouse had my money already, but <laughs> it's a wrap now, for I'm sure. I'm just trying to figure out how I'm going to find time to watch all these shows, because I'm excited for so much. That's yeah. true. Yeah. I don't know. When, how involved is you is going to be, do we know how involved he's going to be in it? It's a oh, series it's around him. Yeah, it's about yeah. him. Yeah. He's, he's a star. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot to keep up with. He's going to be like part of Mandalorian. No. Okay, he has no, his It's its own series. I believe it's four hours long, so it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be too much of a commitment for him. <laughs> like it's, it's like a oh. mini series? Yeah, it's like a little oh. mini series. It's four oh. hours long. It's set in the supposedly it's set in the middle of solo like time period wise mm-hmm. i was gonna say because he's older now so yeah what kind yeah. of yeah i think it's like in the middle of solo just because maul is still alive yeah if at that point but i don't know i liked solo i think solo was fine it was fun yeah. Yeah. it was a fun movie i liked it <laughs> i'm just checking like live updates from detail right. <laughs> good idea but they actually I, released uh they released some art for cruella oh the movie was that Emma Stone's mm-hmm. gonna be in it? The Cruella yeah. Deville prequel, I guess. Yeah, before she was evil. Yeah. I mean, she looks pretty evil in this. Like, <laughs> Did explain her obsession evil? with are they gonna Dalmatians? Go, are they gonna go all the way and just keep her evil, or are they gonna try to do a, a Maleficent route, where they try to humanize well, her? Well, if it's about, like if it's a, about like her, a, like they have to make the protagonist like somewhat likable. I so. don't know. Do they have to? I don't know. <laughs> I, like, I, I don't know. It might be know. fun to just watch evil people do evil yeah. things. Yeah. Even in the uh, not like skin film. puppies, though. <laughs> well, yeah, but... <laughs> Maybe they'll give her a tragic backstory where, like, a Dalmatian mauled her dad. And that's <laughs> oh why... God. And that's what it's all I about. I'd still not be okay with I would want to see an all-evil <laughs> Ursula. Like, yeah. I don't want... Like, I would love an Ursula movie where she's just, like, doing all of her mm, evil her stuff. Evil and just like being selfish and fabulous mm-hmm. but like Cruella I don't know something about her I'm like <laughs> I don't want to see her be evil probably because she wants puppies yeah. to be skinned and exactly. made into a goat they can do incompetent yeah. evil though that she's just so evil but she's so incompetent yeah, in everything she does she's not good at it being becomes bad becomes some slapstick humor is bad. that like her her shtick I feel like that's what happens in the movie right she's not she's not very competent at what she like 
It's been a long time since I've seen yeah. 101 Dalmatians. So. But I feel like that's like the same route It's Always Sunny takes. And that oh. they're very oh, terrible people, but they're all very incompetent of what they want to do. That yeah. is fun to watch. And Emma Stone is also like a really good comedic actress, I think. I don't know. Yeah, I kind of. See. I like her in comedies. Yeah, I liked Easy A a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I just watched gonna... The Favorite, that was better. But oh, yeah. oh, she's hard for me to come back on. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah, you you heard my rant episode uh, one. Yeah. <laughs> that that, that will not be named. Right. <laughs> Pretty unforgivable in my eyes. <laughs> She's just done a disservice to me as a white woman. <laughs> that I'm like, you need to you need more redemption between your half Asian character and your La La Land. That's true. I was yeah. like, mm. yeah, she had a rough year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. bad choices. So terrible choices. Know. That's how we grow. <sighs> yeah. But I just, I'm like, everyone else can have their opinion, but I just feel like I have to hold my own accountable. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I have to come for my own. <laughs> yeah, also going back to the Marvel stuff on D23 and how much money they have to spend, Miss mm. Marvel and She-Hulk's powers are going to be such a huge, like, budget draw right. in order oh, to yeah. have them, like, actually be good on screen without looking very weird. That's very yeah. true, because Miss Marvel, she has, like, extendo <laughs> She's sort of, like, Mr. Fantastic. With the, yeah, with the Elastigirl. Yeah, yeah. The very similar. And then She-Hulk, they have to do, you know, the Professor Hulk technology. Right. Sort of. So, it's a lot of cost. But, I mean, people are signing up. There's a line at D23, because they have that special deal of, what, three years for $130 or something? Oh, my goodness. Hmm. I wonder oh, if... Because there's different versions of She-Hulk, like, who... Her relation to... Bruce Banner, right? Do we know what her, what this one's gonna be? Is it like the sister or? I think this one's the cousin. That's so. right. I think it's the cousin. Cousin. If I remember mm-hmm. correctly, it's the cousin. And she's also a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder if Mark Ruffalo is gonna make an appearance. I hope he does. I do too. Because I think this is this is the way he can be like sort of backdoored in, since mm-hmm. um, he's not allowed to have his own solo film because Paramount does the distribution for it and they won't let it happen. Oh. So I wonder if the streaming series is how they can do all their Hulk stuff. Interesting. Because I don't know if Paramount owns all the Hulk stuff. So that's why... Like it might just be film. Yeah. That yeah. they... Like they can't, they can't <coughs> yeah. use Hulk alone. I also wonder, because that contract was signed so long ago, like streaming wasn't even a thing if they've updated yeah. the contracts mm. at all. Like it just, you know... Because <laughs> 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 it's taking into account. Yeah. Maybe some good loopholes. Yeah, mm-hmm. they didn't realize I'm digital. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, the Marvel's What If series, a lot of the original actors are providing their voiceovers too, and I think um, Mark Ruffalo is part of that. Oh, Hulk, yeah. So, who knows? Yeah. I mean, like, he's always able to do ensemble, but he can't do anything solo without yeah. Paramount. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't actually know that. Mm. Maybe they'll buy power- Paramount. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I think there's going to be actual Monopoly talks there. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, I've seen the headline a thousand times of Kit Harrington joining the MCU, but I didn't click on any of the articles. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much the crux of it. We don't know what he's going to be. They just confirmed. That was just confirmed, like, a, yeah. what, a couple minutes ago? Yeah. <laughs> like, 40 minutes ago? He's joining the Eternals as ah. Black Knight. Oh. So it'll be him and Richard, Richard Madden, mm-hmm. Rob and John Stark, back oh, together. Oh, nice. That's cute. I love Richard Madden. I do too. <laughs> Ever since the Bodyguard, I was like, like, yeah, I watched the Bodyguard recently. Yeah. And I was like, mm. he's so good in that. And Gemma Chan will be in the Eternals as well. 
Is she playing a different character? Yeah, she's playing a different character than her Captain Marvel character. So she gets to do some stuff this time around? she doesn't just get to be blue. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I know we, like, fully moved on from this, but I feel like I just have to explain the weird crepe thing that I just did. (laughs) But that's where Richard Madden in that movie, Ibiza. (laughs) Oh, yeah. With um, Gillian Gillian Jacobs, like, pursuing each other, and he's like, I don't want to look like a creep, but he's says it in his like thick Scottish yeah. accent so it keeps me like clip <laughs> <laughs> but Lana and I say that to her all the time so just in case anyone was like that point stuck out to them and they're like what was she doing um, I, I'm so used to hearing Richard Madden in the first <laughs> didn't even write it didn't click because Leah and I just do it all the time right? so I just, I just heard it that's, that's, that's how you say normal. that's how you say that that's funny <laughs> so the, I think the the other big news with Disney Kind of, I think the the balance to the D twenty three good news is the Sony <laughs> Spider Man yeah. uh, negotiations, or I don't even know if there's negotiations really, but standoff, standoff, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like what a weird gray area. So the Disney Junior is going to do an animated series. They've been doing animated series for Spider Man, yeah. In the past, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's oh. been a few. Oh. So they're doing. But they're doing like a, a a new. They're launching yeah. a new one. Got it. They're launching a new one. Um, I don't know when it comes out, but so like, how are they able to do that? Because Sony doesn't have a TV arm. I guess it I don't think I don't know if Sony owns TV distribution. <clears throat> I know they have film and they have deeper rights to the character and the entire like yeah. Spider like verse that falls under that. So they do have a say in like all the comics and everything. And I wonder if they just like sort of greenlit the the animated stuff as well mm. for the TV. But then for films, especially for Tom Holland's Spider-Man, I don't know who's to blame necessarily or who has the upper hand here, but like originally that deal was Sony would do financing, Disney would do creative decisions, and then Disney would get 5% of all box office. Not even profit, but 5% of box office just revenue, just anything generated. And then Sony gets 95% of that, and then... When the story first broke, apparently Disney had come back to the table and asked for if we can do 50-50 on everything. <laughs> so 50 would co-finance, but then we also want 50% of those those revenues. Because nah. oh they saw, you know, Far From Home did a billion dollars. They're just like, we want some of that pie. Yeah. <laughs> and then funny. Sony's like, that's... It's a bit. It's a bit much. I mean, <laughs> I, I want to think that. Yeah, I want to think that's how the conversation yeah. went. Yeah, 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 no. That's a bit Dear much. Dear Disney, that's a bit that's much. That's <laughs> Sony. We're gonna walk away from now. Due to my previous email. Yeah. For our last for, chat. For my last email. That's a bit you know, much. I feel like they have to, right? Like even though Marvel does a lot of the heavy lifting creatively, this is Sony's real only IP. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They can't give away fifty percent of that I mean otherwise they're gonna collapse as a company at some point I also don't think as much as Marvel fans and I'm in that group Mm -hmm. but as much as we like to think that Disney has and should have the upper hand here I don't know that they do because it's like they Sony did Enter the Spider-Verse and it was a huge Oscar winning success Mm -hmm. and Venom despite critical reviews and being like a garbage film (laughs) was still enjoyable as hell and made it made bank so it's like they are able to like make these properties themselves and they don't even necessarily have to be good mm. and they still like they clearly know how to market them and sell them so it's yeah like, I kind of think they should just like keep doing their thing yeah. yeah and also I think there is something enjoyable about Venom's like return to like that early <laughs> 2000 style of superhero movies that it's like 
I wouldn't mind seeing more of that. Even if it's not good, it's just different. <laughs> that... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Apparently, there is a market for it. But I don't know if there I'm that market. I'm one of those <laughs> those, those people that other Marvel fans hate because it made, they made Venom successful. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Like also, known fan. also known as a DC fan. Also known as a DC fan. It was interesting how um, a lot of Kevin Feige's responses, a lot of these films and TV series that he's greenlit, seems to be in direct competition of we're just going to head DC off like right before this happens. Like yeah. they did Captain Marvel right before you know Shazam, mm-hmm. and it also makes it difficult now for them to make a Green Lantern film since yeah. they seem very similar. But and it's then, like they did Doctor Strange, which yeah. was already Green Lantern. And then they did. So it's like, obviously, audiences don't give a shit. They'll yeah. see the same movie over and over. But yeah. well, they see him from the DC side if the story seems similar enough. It's mm. the same thing with the yeah. Eternals being greenlit right when um, Ava DuVernay was signed on for New Gods at yeah. DC. And Kevin Feige's like, Eternals, we're going to do it first. Yeah. And then it's because the story's so similar. It's actually created by the same comic book writer. Oh, it's oh. paged for Marvel. Yeah. yeah. So he, he made the same. You know, so, same story sort of twice yeah and then it happened with um i think the earliest example was when batman versus superman was announced and then kevin feige comes out saying we're doing civil war yeah <laughs> and we're gonna do it first <laughs> but i think the difference with like even if they're similar movies like the mcu is just so like the writing is just so good with like keeping everything like cohesive and like it's a l- really long storyline like you know everything kind of draw or like falls into like one another because DC like hasn't really been able to do that like they tried mm-hmm. with Justice mm. League and like the movies before that but I I feel like in that sense like Marvel has an upper hand because they just they've been so good at just bringing everything together yeah and whether or not together. you're like a super fan or a Marvel fan mm-hmm. in general like you can still follow along with each story and each even with like happens. with uh, Endgame like at the end the little boy from Iron Man 3 mm-hmm. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, like, he was in Iron Man 3. Like, everyone knows who that little kid was. (laughs) But it's like... (laughs) I was like, who the fuck is this little boy? (laughs) By the way, too, because my nephew is obsessed with Iron Man 3 and keeps... I'm like, that's, like, one of the three, like, movies I haven't seen. Mm -hmm. And he keeps just being like, look at this suit, look at this suit. And I'm like, I don't know what any of this is. <laughs> I'm like trying to look cool in front of him so I'm trying to pretend I know what's up. I don't. I, don't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the, it's the boon of their super connected universe. Just like in Far From Home where they were able to bring people back from Iron Man 1. Yeah. And it's like, oh, it's all That's actually right. connected right yeah. here. It's the same actor as well. That he just yeah. had a bit throwaway line in mm-hmm. the first Iron Man but now he's back in Far From Home. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think where, where DC has an advantage that Marvel doesn't is just the fact that like these Warner Brothers overall like they can make movies that aren't just like PG-13 mm-hmm. films yeah. and so you have that with like Joker which just got the R rating yep. mm-hmm. you have that with Birds of Prey which is shooting for an R rating but you can make these like major tentpole films that are director driven and appeal to an audience that's been kind of like underserviced ever since the 90s and granted there's Deadpool but I feel like Deadpool is just still kind of a PG-13 film with F-words. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The content overall is not, yeah. not that different. different. Mm-hmm. And so, whereas Joker is going to be, we'll see how successfully, given, <laughs> given the director, I don't know. But it's dealing with like heavier concepts that work for that character. And so I think DC's approach now is like, let's just not try to throw everything and see what sticks. But let's just make films where directors come to us with like a pitch that they care like they care about this property and we'll just make it and like screw all the connected universe stuff because it's just not working for them yeah, yeah. so yeah, true. I think if if they continue to shift their focus like they have been doing and they'll keep getting successes like Aquaman and Shazam and Wonder Woman if they keep pushing this whole universe <laughs> thing then it's not gonna work 
<laughs> no. I, was trying, I was racking my brain trying to remember who's directing Joker. Oh, <laughs> Todd, Phillips. Todd Phillips of yeah. the Hangover. Of the Hangover. Yeah. 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 Oh. yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I'm excited. I, I do want to see right? that. Phil? No. No. Phoenix. No. 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 Oh. It's yeah. a one-off. Like. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's very like, interesting. So I saw the tra- or the trailer, the teaser trailer, because it's him, like as a you know Joaquin Phoenix aged man. But he's like, <laughs> I don't know how old he is. <laughs> It is sort of like an immortal kind of like yeah. he's been alive forever. But he, because he's living with his mother mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in this one, so it's like I like I have no idea what the story is going to be. I mean, it's supposed to be a blend of what Taxi Driver and The King of Comedy. Yeah, it's definitely like a Martin if Martin Scorsese. Yeah, I mean, that's why Robert but... De Niro I like, guess is signed on as well. So so is he like Robin Banks? It's. Yeah, we don't really know. <laughs> yeah, we don't really know. Is it going to be like old school Joker? It looks like they're from like some of the the footage mm-hmm. that they've shown, like the set, like behind the scenes stuff. That there's some sort of anarchy going on. Mm-hmm. There's like a bunch of people running around with like Joker masks on, and Joaquin Phoenix is just like laughing it up in the mm-hmm. middle of it. Yeah. Also, yeah, 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 dancing. So it looks like he's definitely up to some kind of city ending <laughs> madness. Some shenanigans. Yeah, the people who've read the script, it's supposedly really good, but also really really niche so I don't know how interesting it's gonna play to yeah. general audiences well it's going through the festival rounds now yeah. So. Yeah. so it could be an Oscar contender we so might we'll have see. Joaquin Phoenix getting an Oscar for Imagine the Joker again imagine those headlines Todd Phillips, Todd Phillips Oscar winning for a superhero DC's movie. Joker yeah. oh my god cause it's happened before with Heath Ledger as the Joker yeah. so right. one of the few times the same person has won an Oscar for the same character if he does win yeah I could I, I don't know I mean from what I saw like Joaquin Phoenix does look like he's turning in like an amazing performance mm-hmm. but again I thought I would love Jared Leto's performance and then I saw the movie and I was like <laughs> fuck everything about this uh, so, you, are you a Jared Leto fan? I've liked him in things. I don't know about him as a person. <laughs> I'll say, I think he can be good if he's directed. He, he was yeah. amazing in Blade Runner I thought. Yeah. I thought yeah. he was good I So, but it, I think he's as good as his he's one of those actors who like trust their director just Completely, yeah. And mm-hmm. David Ayer just sort of let him run wild on Suicide Squad, and it showed. And then most of his stuff was left <laughs> on the cutting room floor anyway. Right. Yeah. yeah. It was like we got a very small <laughs> yeah. section of what he's doing. Also, the movie was edited by a trailer company, which yeah. is like not to because they didn't them, they didn't like David Ayer for what he was doing. So yeah. they left it. It was either the trailer company or a guy who did music videos or something. But yeah. either way, he, someone else edited it all together. Mitchie, <laughs> probably. Good fucking lord. <laughs> I saw Suicide Squad on a bad first date. <laughs> and the date was bad itself, and you saw that movie? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know. It was an alternative choice, I will tell you, because we were, like, getting drinks, and it, like, wasn't going that well. And we were like, do you want to, like, just go next door? It was, like, next door to the Vista. Mm. So we're like, oh, Suicide Squad starts in 15 minutes. Do you want to just go see that? And so we just, like, sat through it, and it was like... Why didn't? Why don't we just go home? <laughs> like we were having, like struggling to make yeah. conversation. Going to a movie doesn't help that. Especially yeah. suicide. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Don't remember her name. I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad Birds of Prey is not connected to Suicide Squad, even though they're using some of the same characters. Oh. I mean, but Jared Leto's version of the Joker does show up, but it looks like mm. it's just like I don't know if he's gonna show, is he going to show up in Birds of Prey? Or yeah, I know he has his own. 
thing that he wants to do as well. Oh he wants to do some movie. So but he's, I don't so, know. he's so married to that Joker character that he made. Yeah. It's like, it's just time to let it go. I, I yeah. get it though. When you like, it's like hours and hours of like work and ad-libbing and all the stuff mm. you did and it all just gets It's all like, just on the editing floor or somewhere. Yeah. It's gone. And it wasn't, the version that he was playing initially was supposed to be more like the comics where Joker is like a piece of shit abusive boyfriend mm-hmm. and they cut that out and tried to make it just like a regular love story which is like that's really disingenuous yeah so i think that irritated him as well but so i do think there was a good performance in there we just never got to see, just it. Didn't see mm. it but potentially yeah there was there was set set pictures that showed his version oh of the joker around there yeah oh, we, but it, it probably could is in the beginning i think it's harley Quinn yeah like before she like breaks free and does her own stuff yeah it's their breakup scene because he's like throwing her shit out of like the top floor of there, mm. like just out <laughs> in the street which is I don't know. Well, we'll see how it all goes. But I, I do. They also got um, what is it? Chad Stahelski is signed on to yeah. direct the action scenes himself now because his company's been. Who was that? He did. Um, he was John, John Wick oh. director and everything. He was oh, that guy. I like him. Yeah. <laughs> because his, his company's been involved since the beginning, but now he's personally taking a hand in directing mm. the the action scene. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait for John Wick three to come out on DVD oh. on. <laughs> Digital download. Digital HD. Digital 4K, 4K, 4K UHD. 4K UHD. <laughs> <laughs> it honestly might be already, but I've been waiting for it because I got into John Wick after it was out of theaters. <laughs> so I was like, I want to see the third one with Halle Berry and dogs. <laughs> My goodness, Halle Berry in that movie is just like, she's amazing. Truly, I mean, look, it's been said a million times about Halle Berry, but like, she's just truly ageless. She How is. could you be doing that kind of action movie? She's in her 50s. Like, I know. Amazing. I mean, her and like, Keanu. Are both. Her and Keanu. I know, the Keanu, two they're both Immortal yeah. years old. So. Both vampires. <laughs> and then Matrix 4, Carrie Ann Moss as well. That's she's right. not, she's aged fairly well as well. She's yeah. back. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the Matrix, the Matrix 4. It's been dreamland. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't know where that's going because, like, the two main characters they've announced both died in yeah. <laughs> the third <laughs> film, but I guess so if So people are saying it's going to be Resurrection. It's going to be the... Yeah. the Matrix 4 Resurrection. But apparently they're also looking for, like, a younger... Lawrence Fishburne so I don't know if they're gonna DH him or just oh, cast no. Michael B. Jordan but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's yourself well, well because <laughs> Michael B. Jordan has like a first look contract with WB and was like rumored to be joining oh, the Matrix really? so I just oh. think it's, it's very likely that it could be him that would be like a real like, glow up for him like as a young Lawrence <laughs> Fishburne like Michael B. <laughs> like whoa yeah, yeah. He's like too jacked for that yeah. situation. Well, I mean, I see it because I'm yeah. with him in it. Like, I mean, I'll see yeah, anything I'll with watch. him in it. But I'm still, like, if I'm trying to relate that directly I know. to Lawrence Fishburne, I'm like, it's too so. big. <laughs> well, you know, Lawrence, Lawrence Fishburne, Fishburne is pretty solid. Yeah, he's not, he wasn't yeah. always. I mean, yeah, he was like, he was buff in his yeah, day. Yeah. In his prime. He's a good-looking guy. No, he's a good-looking guy, but I don't know. I just, like, don't see the connection. They have a different vibe. Yeah. 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 I have my doubts that Michael B. Jordan, if he were cast as Morpheus, would be as, like, big as, like, Creed. I don't know if he's there gonna have he's a He's not gonna go like a Killmonger yeah. like attitude. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he's gonna just be a walking muscle, but <laughs> I don't I don't that's just my random like speculation. It's a height thing for me. I'm just like I need to see a taller person. Michael like, um, how tall is he? Like six feet. I picture Florence Fishburne to be like super tall and he probably isn't. 
They might be around the same height. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm trying to think. That is a good question. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm trying to think of who I would want instead of Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> I would just want him, like Lawrence Fishburne, with like CGI as younger. Yeah. I mean, they, younger him. Yeah. They do it. We <laughs> know the technology for that. <laughs> this is a total departure, but I, w- I had this on here for like a couple of weeks, but I've never bothered to talk about it because I don't care about it that much, but Chuck, <laughs> Chuck Lorre has a new show oh, on yeah, CBS, yeah. but they just put up a billboard like right next to my house, so now I have to like oh. drive past it all the time, so... I have no idea what, what the show is. Yeah, oh my uh, god. I watched the trailer for it. Did you watch the trailer? I, did. I didn't even watch the trailer for it. I, it's Bob it's Loves. It's called Bob Loves Abishola. Yeah. And... Uh, basically, okay, I read the premise of it. <laughs> it's a CBS comedy, so it's, like, obviously mm-hmm. very broad. But the whole premise is the guy that was in Mike and Molly, mm-hmm. the, that actor that played Mike, and he basically has a heart attack. So, like, there's also some, like, layered fat phobia mm-hmm. in that of just being, like, big dude, like, obviously gonna have a heart attack. So he has a heart attack, and in the hospital, this nurse, like, revives him or brings mm-hmm. him back to life or so saves his he considers to have saved that she saved his life and she's a Nigerian immigrant and he falls in love with her and is basically like pursuing her and like trying to like get I, I think the premise of it is like her, her him like pursuing her and like it's gonna be like hijinks but it's meant to be this like see immigrants are just like the rest of us and like it's totally fine we're breaking down borders and I don't think it's like really gonna be approached with a ton of nuance, no. but there's just so many other elements to it. I'm like, if that's the core of the message you're trying to get across, like you are layering on like this weird misogyny of like pursuing mm-hmm. this woman. Like I'm sure she's gonna be like, I'm not interested in your advances. Yeah. Also, I'm in the workplace. So yeah, this is inappropriate. This is not the place <laughs> to be like having our romantic pursual. And then also like whatever like fat phobia is going to be involved of like so mm-hmm. like you can just tell there's going to be so many baseline jokes of like you know whatever it starts off with this dude getting a, having a heart attack so yeah. I'm just like yeah. oh, oh man <laughs> I, I will say from the trailer and it could just be the way the trailer was cut they didn't make any fat jokes okay that's that, good. that I can recall <laughs> I know there's the heart attack aspect so I can't remember if that's actually tied to his weight or if it's just like his age and like his lifestyle outside of just the weight but they don't make any other they don't make fat jokes like that and then mm-hmm. the her like status as like a Nigerian immigrant isn't really like the fact that she's an immigrant isn't a huge focus it's more just like she is just this Nigerian nurse or whatever yeah. and that and that's sort of it and it's like it's more about the fact that he is pursuing her though and she's like does reject his advances <laughs> that is a component yeah. which I was like I don't know about this but yeah. <laughs> um, but it's like it's more I think making fun of just his kind of whiteness and like how naive he is yeah. more so. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, like we'll see how the actual show. That's just like well cut together. Footage, yeah, but. it's like that weird line for me of being like, okay, I, I like for, there is like a version of this that like does need to reach broader audiences and like the fact that Chuck Lorre is like you know, interested in pursuing that and, like, kind of broadening horizons in that sense. I'm like, okay, like, that's behavior I would like to encourage. But then on the other hand of, like, how this is going to still be very much through a white perspective and probably, um, you know, 
botched in a lot of ways. <laughs> I guess it all just comes down to like who's in the writer's room. Yeah, you know, really. yeah, that's yeah. true. Because I mean, Chuck Lorre, you know, he's made some, he does funny stuff, but like, I don't know if like woke comedy is really like his forte. Yeah. They did. I think the what prompted me to like learn about this was because it was like an announcement of like a Nigerian woman being in the writer's room or like mm. being tapped to be like the head writer on it or something. So, I don't know, hopefully it's dealt with more delicacy. But, you know, if we're trying to, like, reach middle America, CBS comedy is the way to do it. Uh, (laughs) So, you know. Trying to bridge that gap. Like, put diversity on CBS. (laughs) Come on. You know, so, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This is, like, why I haven't brought it up for weeks. Yeah. I don't really know. And it's also as new, like, that's the other thing. You know, I don't want to be, like, a complete negative Nelly and, like, shoot it down before giving it a Mm -hmm. chance. But I got a I got a lot of preconceived walls that it's going to have, they would have to knock down. Also, I'm not, I probably won't watch this show. That's the other part of it. It's like, I don't think think this is the kind of thing that's going to speak to me regardless. (laughs) Did anyone watch the new Twilight Zone? I haven't watched CBS? it. I don't have CBS yeah, access. I, I, could, I couldn't justify getting another streaming yeah. service. We can get a week for free and you can just binge it. That's so yeah, I was true. I was kind of waiting, but now there's this there's the Star Trek series, so I like want to wait for oh, that. Oh yeah, <laughs> and then I'll binge, binge it all. Yeah. <laughs> That's but, fair. No, I never got a chance to check it out. I haven't either. But oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm interested. I mean, it seems like CBS All like Access just like is doing some interesting stuff. Like it's definitely very separated from CBS proper. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I just haven't got myself to actually subscribe. Because I think to they announced something else that sounded interesting to me. <sighs> yeah, and they have that. Um, there's like this one of the scare, like a scary show, like an anthology series that they had. I don't know if it got canceled, but. Oh, I I know the one you're talking about. I wrote about this like months and months. Yeah, ago. can't remember for the life of me. I think maybe it was called like what was it? Or Origin or I don't. Remember. I don't remember something like that. But it it had, was, I was interested in that too. It's something about it. like a woman killing somebody. I think I think Mike Coulter. You know the mm. was starring in it. Why women kill? Oh, with that's Lucy CBS Lou. All Access. Oh, oh, that's right. oh yes, that I'm. I just saw the it. promos of like Lucy Liu looking fabulous, and I was like. Oh, what is this? There, I did see the, like, the teaser for it, and it looks interesting. It's just nice to see Lucy Liu. Yeah, it really is. Like, she was like, I feel like she was really on top, she and then was. just kind of like, it just fizzled a, a little bit. You yeah, know, I know she had like other series, but it's nice to see her head like Elementary. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking she of. Played she played Watson. 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 Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> that mediocre rom com with Tay Diggs. Was it mediocre? I heard, like, good things about it, but I never gave it... As a rom-com connoisseur, it was mediocre. Okay. (laughs) I mean, like, they're beautiful, so, like, I'm... You'll watch it just for them. Yeah, I'll watch that for them. But it was mostly about, like, their assistants, and I was like, I don't care about these people. Just give me more Tay Diggs and Lucy Liu. Okay, see, that's what I was wondering. Who was it more focused on? Because I'll watch Tay Diggs and Lucy Liu all day, but I wasn't super interested. And they're, like, garbage people. Yeah. But, like, it's Mm -hmm. still worth it. Like, just fast-forward through this. Because it's mostly them being like, we're over and our bosses are crazy but then we fall in love and it's like I don't care about you guys <laughs> but I will watch them all day it's funny uh, and we got some news on the G.I. Joe spinoff Victor's yeah. laughing <laughs> uh, yeah so those movies were not good um, <laughs> the first one wasn't 
terrible. <laughs> the second they one. They made I, more? Yeah. I thought yeah. it was just the one. Retaliation. Yeah. I thought the second one was better than the really? first. Really? Ooh. Maybe I, need to, uh, maybe I need to revisit that. <laughs> Didn't watch any of them. <laughs> Same. It's, uh, they're weird. Joseph Gordon-Levitt's in the first one. Oh. Uncredited. Uncredited, yeah. up to these days. He's been working on hit, hit record. record. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's like his own that thing. YouTube series, right? Is it a YouTube series? It's his own platform. Oh, yeah, okay. he's like producing yeah. a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. That's right. He's busy. I want to see more of him. I yeah. miss him. Just watch, just watch so first G.I. Joe. Get your, get your <laughs> ghosts there. But you don't really see his I'll face. I'll watch 500 so. Days of Summer. He gets like, we have one scene with his regular face and then they show him briefly all scarred up. Yeah. Oh. Plot twist, he's the big villain of the film. Look, <laughs> Spoiler alert. Again. <laughs> <laughs> he's overcommitted. I want to oh, make, man. Oh, I need to make a better, just to put this all to bed, I need to like erase La La Land from the history of existence and make a great movie musical with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh. yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes. I feel like that was like, that's that. How has that not happened yet? Wait, that scene from 500 Days of Summer, I need more of it. Yeah. it and so his great. hosting of SNL when he did oh. Make Him Laugh as an mm-hmm. opening monologue, which I try to look for on YouTube all the time and it's never there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think YouTube. about that all the time. Because <laughs> <laughs> those are weird things that I do at 1 a.m. <laughs> Wasn't that whole thing in like one take? Yes. Too, which was just like the athleticism. He's oh, incredible. Yeah. incredible. This man ran up a wall. <laughs> I mean, Donald O'Connor did it first. He did it. He did do it first, but Joseph Gordon-Levitt did it in one take. That's <laughs> Fair. God. But going back to G.I. Joe yeah, and sorry. Snake Eyes. <laughs> yeah, the reason that I wanted to bring this up is because it actually is sort of a big deal how they're handling the casting of it. So Snake Eyes originally, with the toy line and then in like his, his background history in the comics, he was like a, a white former soldier who gets taken in by this Japanese ninja clan. And then that sort of leads to his rivalry rivalry with Storm Shadow and like how he joins the, the Joes and everything. And there was a lot of questions over how Paramount would go about adapting it because they had mentioned doing a more millennial take on the property. Mm-hmm. And people were wondering if that meant recasting Snake Eyes to not be a white guy who goes to Japan and you know, becomes the best Japanese oh. ninja. Because, <laughs> like, this character, like, Came was nearly about to... Yeah. <laughs> Tom Cruise. Uh, <laughs> that one gets a bad rep, because Tom Cruise is not the last Yeah, he's, he's not the last samurai in that. It's just more this clan is the last of the... You're always coming to Tom Cruise's defense. <laughs> I'm with you, Victor. I feel like that, movie, that movie's, like, misrepresented a lot by, by him going and taking <laughs> Japanese culture. Because yeah. he's not the last samurai. He's, he's still that white person at the end. Yeah. It's still, like, implied, though. Well, like I think it's it's more supposed to be that like Ken Watanabe and like his clan yeah, were like the last. They are the last samurai. They are the last samurai. And Tom samurai Cruise is plural. just there watching. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's just there. <laughs> yeah. He happens to be part of the story, but the story's not about him. Not at all, and he's really not like the focus of the film either. Mm-hmm. So I, f- I feel like that's one that gets a bad rep that is worth revisiting. But that's why I'm like something like this is better to me because it's like again, why do we need a white person to come in and like mm-hmm. we have to see the story through? Yeah. Is like he, mm. the story's not about him, okay? But it's still like. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, in order to have a draw, it's like, we need Tom Cruise there to, like, yeah. draw yeah. people in. Well, so. so, I think that's where Paramount improved right. on the whole thing. By not having a white guy come in, and instead, they recast the role, I'll say recast, with Henry Golding. Which, mm-hmm. one, I just love that guy anyway, because, like, he was just, he's just so, he's like a dreamy dude. <laughs> you know? like, I wanted to marry him so, after yeah, Crazy Richard. Super handsome, and... 
<laughs> Although he is playing this character who is like eventually mute and just wears head to toe black all the time. So I don't know how they're gonna play that exactly. You get like they had to take us his like back. Yeah. Obligatory. It'll be like yeah. a slow mo like, reveal. Of the Remember face. how beautiful yeah. I am? Yeah. Okay, it's me. <laughs> but the uh, the casting garnered like a lot of good faith from fans, and I think part of it too is because he's also half white that the mm. purists aren't don't feel like totally alienated. And can see it more as like a progression of the storyline, which is alienate more purists. <laughs> yeah, I agree, but also like those are the people that's that can, yeah, they're gonna see it. They can take your franchise. So that that whole argument makes me so mad. I was walking through a parking lot yesterday, and I was like overheard this conversation happening amongst some young people, and it was <laughs> some white lady, of course, being like, you know, I don't even. This is a terrible story because I don't know what she was talking about. But she was like, <laughs> you know, in the first book, like it was, it was like clearly described as like a white person, and then in the second book, it was like described as you know, um, a like dark skin person, blah blah blah, and it's just like, what? Make up your mind, like, <laughs> truly, ma'am. No, who cares? Yeah. Truly, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like it just not a big deal. I don't understand why there has to be so much, you know. Why? Oh, whatever. Just people get like so attached to this version of the character, but they just don't. Mm-hmm. It's hard to. They can't separate themselves from the fact that it's like. Well, there's a lot of other people who like can't see themselves in these characters right. and in characters where they should be able to. Right. Yeah. Like, really, like I as much as I enjoyed GI Joe and like grew up with the toy line, especially my brothers who were like '80s babies. That is like a problematic aspect, and it's like a really played out sort of trope that like this mighty whitey. They go to this foreign country and become the best at this. I mean, we're still yeah. seeing it in movies today, which is like kind of beyond me. That like you know, Doctor Strange sort of did that yeah. too, and it was still hugely popular. And so it's like we're still seeing this, you know, get played out to, to different kind of you know responses. But I'm glad that Paramount did kind of like take note of that, and I think also the failure of Iron Fist also hammered that home. Where it's mm-hmm. like we maybe shouldn't keep trying to do this story that like isn't really that popular anymore you know and people doesn't resonate with anyone it doesn't and it's like these stories granted they might have featured these characters as like you know white people in the beginning they really shouldn't belong to those people so um i thought it was a smart move uh and they're and they're casting it pretty with andrew koji joining as storm shadow it's like they also got a japanese actor to play a japanese character which the former gi joe had a korean actor Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. is you know i I think there's different degrees on how people feel about it but Mm -hmm. for me it's like i think now that we know, yeah, you can have an all-Asian cast and it'll be a huge success. Now's the time we're like, let's maybe start not, like, lumping them all together mm-hmm. and actually casting people more, like, accurate to their ethnicity. Because yeah. there's just, like, ample amounts of people. Um, but, uh, you know, ultimately it's just, I think it's at the discretion of those actors and filmmakers and if they want to do that. But I'm glad to see this happening and to see Andrew Koji get more work. I was just surprised to see Henry Golding because I've only seen him in, like, rom-com stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be something very different because now he has the rom com with. Yeah, he doesn't have a lot of acting experience in general. Yeah. This is his first big, like, feature. Yeah. Uh, Crazy Rich Asians was his first acting. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then he did a simple favor, which yeah. he was good in. Mm-hmm. And, and now he has the one coming smaller. out with. Amelia Clark. Amelia Clark. Last Christmas. Oh, yeah. That looks so cute. Just gonna say. And he's got his own, he has his own production company now, too. He does. His career is just like, take wow. him out. He's, he, he was smart, like, as hell with the way that he's been handling his career choices. And, like, he's riding the rom-com wave, but now he's got this action tenfold, and he's also got creative control 
with his own production company, so he can make yeah. his own projects. So he's making some smart moves. Yeah. Very. I wonder how he will handle the action though, because he has no martial arts background. Andrew Koji does, but if Henry Golding's going to be the the super yeah. ninja without any actual martial arts experience, I yeah. don't know how they're going to necessarily yeah. do that. I think they got the Wu assassins fight choreographers to handle mm-hmm. Snake Eyes, so mm-hmm. the choreography should be good and. Whether or not Henry Golding can yeah, sell it. Yeah, because everyone in Wu Assassins could actually fight. That's though. the thing, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's the guy, like, Iko is like Iko the guy was. who probably choreographed this. Yeah. He's also an amazing fighter, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's going to look great. But Tell me more about Wu Assassins. It, it's a trash fest. It's not. I, got, I watched the first episode, and I'm like, I don't know if I can do it. I watched five of them, and I know I could not do it. <laughs> is it a recent show? It's on Netflix, yeah. Netflix original. It is... So cheap. The only reason to watch it is for the fight scenes. Yeah. You can skip over everything else. Just watch it for the fight scenes. It, There's a lot of weird mystical stuff. The CGI is bad. The very. story's pretty bad. The dialogue is horrendous. I haven't like, heard of it. My favorite part of the first episode is like after he gets into this fight with the people in his food truck and he's like driving off and he suddenly runs over someone who was like not in the street and he gets out and she's just like laying there and he walks over to her and she gets up puts an amulet in his hand and she's like you're the Wu assassin and he's like what? and there's this huge CG scene where like a water dragon tries to kill him and then she, he's like what is this? she's like you're the Wu assassin you have to kill these elemental warlords and he goes I'm not a killer I'm a chef and I'm like this pretty much sums up this whole fucking yeah. show <laughs> this is not the guy good saying, I'm a chef I'm a chef, I'm a chef. Time. Over and over. but he can fight very very well so that's the only it's yeah. just, you know you watch it for the fight scenes just throw everything else out the window. Yeah. So it's it's a live action show. Yes, it, it is. is. Is it based on like a? I don't know if it's based comic on comic book or anything. I don't think it is. I don't believe so. No. I think it's an original story, but it's just not good. Very poorly. Iko Uwais of the Raid fame, and yeah. then um, Catherine Winnick from. Is the fighting good? Yeah, the fighting's mm-hmm. the only reason to watch yeah. the show. Mm-hmm. Mark DeCascos. Love Mark DeCascos. Mm-hmm. I'm on like a real. Um, martial arts kick right now. Mm. Oh my god, let me. I can, <laughs> yes. I'll give you a list. Please give me more. I, yes, I don't. I've just been like, yeah, I've wanted to watch so much of it. I'm so into it. I think because of John Wick too, a mm-hmm. little bit. Like, yeah. I'm like, ooh, I'm into action. <laughs> <laughs> and then my nephew is like super obsessed with Jackie Chan. He like just discovered Jackie Chan. Mm. Oh wow. Oh my god. <laughs> That's awesome. It's amazing. That's it's so awesome. Great. Also, because we watched like Rush Hour the other day, <laughs> and it does not hold up. Uh, at yeah. all. the fight scenes definitely they're hold great. Up. Yeah. They're amazing. Otherwise, because I watched when my brother was here yeah. like a month ago, and we were like, "Ooh, this is super offensive." Like, yeah. but the fighting, like Jackie Chan, is amazing. But otherwise, yeah. like, "Ooh, this no, no, no." We yeah. don't want to show this to kids because, like, Chris Tucker is obviously like inherently very charming. You know, like the, his whole vibe is like fun. You know. But, like, just the things that he's saying are awful. <laughs> yeah. like, but him, like, as a person... If he was just saying it, like, dif- if he was just yeah. saying different things, like, the mannerism and the cadence of how he talks is really funny, and, like, him being kind of, like, this, you know, jokester mm-hmm. counterpart to Jackie Chan is... I, like, j- I want them to update it so badly. I mean, <laughs> they, great. They're supposedly working on a fourth... I guess maybe early. Yeah. Yeah. They both signed on still. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, no, I I saw that on Amazon Prime and Leah was like, oh, we should watch Rush Hour. And I'm just like, "Eh." I don't 
don't know if I want to watch it. Because yeah. eight-year-old me has a great like memory of this film, and I really loved it. And I don't know how 29-year-old me will feel not, about yeah, it. Yeah, it's not great. But I also want to through all of this dialogue. It's not bad. <laughs> no, I'm like being 100% yeah. serious. Because the action yeah. scenes are... So worth it. But I wonder yeah. what it's gonna if they're making another one because Chris Tucker is now like a very like hardcore like conservative Christian. What? So, That's yeah. True. yeah. Like he. So, yeah. So like I don't. Yeah. Like he won't. Like he won't sign on for roles. Like he won't cuss or like you know no profanity. Like nothing like sexually suggestive or even. So I don't know how it's gonna work because his character is just like so inappropriate and like. You know, trying to Whoa. hit on everyone. I don't know if him, maybe, like, as a person yeah. now, like, if. Also, maybe the, that's the, good, though. Yeah. You know? Okay. I mean, his character as needs long to it's change. Not, like, uh, you know, my, my concept of, like, ultra conservative mm-hmm. Christian could mean something very different. If it's just like, well, I don't want to, like, drink or do profanity, it's like, all right, that's I fine. Think, do yeah. Thing. I don't know how far it goes, but, like, all I've heard is, like, he's. It's like a complete 180 from, like, what he kind of used to be. I don't know what triggered it, but yeah. he's, like, a very different person now. The one thing that was also such a bummer in the rewatch is that I didn't remember this, but they have a. One of the few female characters is this um, uh, bomb squad. Like, oh, yeah. de- what do they call them? Somebody who defuses bombs. Yeah. So this woman <laughs> that's like on the LAPD police force, mm-hmm. and she's like the bomb defuser person. And of course, Chris Ecker is like doing terrible, offensive things to her all the time. Um, but then at the like climax of it, she, the little girl that's been kidnapped, has like a vest on, and she's supposed to go in there and, like defuse the vest. Um, and they just like undermine her intelligence in, in just one line of dialogue. It's such a bummer because she goes in there and she's like trying to figure. She's like, just give me a minute, just give me a minute. And then he's like, How, don't you? And she's like, oh, it's very different when it's not, you know, in the practice, um, mm-hmm. in the practice thing. And it's like, why? She's a professional. Like, believe yeah. in yourself. Yeah, like why did you have like, this one undermining line of being like she's. I guess it's to, like, add tension of, like, maybe she could F it up, but also maybe just, like, have this, like, confident... I'd rather just see, like, this woman who, like, knows how to do her job. Well, I think this is what you get when Brett Ratner directs a film. Mm -hmm. So, that was kind of... And this is, like, him in his heyday before Mm -hmm. all the stuff, like, I guess, you know, before it it, people... It mattered to people, the stuff he was doing, so... It's uh, it's a, it's very much a product of that yeah. era and that sort of filmmaking. My favorite part about Rush Hour, though, like the fight scenes, but also like the outtakes at the end. Yeah. yeah. Like I miss that in movies where like you have a blooper <gasps> reel. Yeah. Like bring those back. I yeah. love watching blooper reels. Oh, that was one of those from the Marvel movies. I would, yeah. you would think. Yeah. yeah. They're like even if they do release them, they're like thirty seconds of them. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's, that's like I'll watch though. hours of that. I know people so are missing fun. up. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing that was fun in the Rush Hour bloopers is that um. You know, it was kind of like when Jackie Chan was more like learning mm-hmm. English too, and so it's like it was hard for him to get through the lines. They showed that a little bit, but then they showed the they end it with Chris Tucker like trying to say it. three words. He's basically <laughs> trying to say thank you in Chinese, yeah. mm-hmm. and he can't do it. And he keeps messing it up, and Jackie Chan's like. He's like, he can't even do three words. <laughs> uh, 
But then also my fa- the climax scene, the fight scene is so good because they're like around all of this like rare art, like mm-hmm. rare Chinese mm-hmm. art, and like Jackie Chan is like trying to save all. Of I know the, it's yeah. so He's cute. To save all I love of the it. Sculptures, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, what a wonderful person. He's a treasure. <laughs> just national cares. treasure. But like, this is like astounds me. Yeah, it just treasure. astounds me. Like, cause he was doing his own like like fighting and stunts and stuff. Yes. Like. He's so talented. Yeah. yeah. Seriously. But yeah, so, okay, Rush Hour super problematic. Don't watch any of the dialogue or plot. Just go to the fight scene. <laughs> but Rumble in the Bronx. Oh, Holds yes. up. Oh, so mm. well. Yes. Rumble in the Bronx. Rumble in the Bronx so is good. incredible. Yeah. And it holds so up good. so well. It's so progressive. Mm-hmm. It shows all of, like, the female characters are amazing. Like, his uncle with the convenience store is marrying a black woman, and she's, like, not a caricature. Like, mm-hmm. there's, like, Jackie Chan's, like, kind of surprised, and the, the uncle's like, yeah, not what you were expecting, right? But we're super in love. And she's yeah. like, hey, like, come join our family. Yeah. Like, it's everything about it is like done so well mm-hmm. yeah. and there's like you know some misogyny happens and the rest of the gang is like hey that's not cool don't yeah. do that and they like walk away so like yeah. oh man it's great <laughs> I love Rumble in the Bronx <laughs> I, I, I watched it like last month and it just was like this is just as good as it was when yeah. I was a child like mm-hmm. it's still the stunts are incredible and the story is like even better now that I have like I can follow along yeah. <laughs> Yes. So yeah, I'm I'm big on. I feel like I've become a bigger fan of Jackie Chan now mm-hmm. than because when I was a kid, there was so much competition between like, oh, it's Jackie Chan or Jet. Like you have to choose a side for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah. There can only be one martial arts star. Apparently, <laughs> no, that's not true. It's like yeah. Cardi and Nicki, all great, yeah. right? Yeah. Jetley's great. <laughs> Both are Jack great. Chan's great. Both so, are great. But also, I also when I was a kid, I thought Jackie Chan was so tame, and that all his fights were like mm. he's always trying to avoid fights. And he's like, he's not, he's like more of like a trying to keep the peace uh-huh. guy. And I just yeah. want to see somebody just go and kick ass. And now after the way that like film has gone over the years, we're like a superhero can't like kill anybody without there being like a huge controversy. And I'm rewatching Jackie Chan. And I'm like, actually, he beats the shit out of like a lot of people <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just on his own accord. And like it, it's, it, it looks different now because mm-hmm. we're a lot more tame in like the kind of action that we tolerate. I mean, it's also the type of action that he did at that time. It's just so different than mm-hmm. anything else that was out there. Mm-hmm. Like, because he did it, because he was, what, he was trained in an operatic, <clears throat> in operatic yeah. school and also like dance and everything. Yep. So there's a, there's a rhythm to how he has all of his fights set mm-hmm. up. And then when he's working with his own, the Jackie Chan stunt team, mm-hmm. you can really tell that that rhythm's there because they've all worked together so much. Mm-hmm. But when you watch his earlier, like, Western movies, when they bring him here and he's not directing the stunt scenes, yeah. you can r- really tell there's a huge difference in just how things are going because mm-hmm. I think one of the things he said is that there's a rhythm to fight scenes that you don't notice until it's not there. And then mm-hmm. you start realizing, oh, something's off. I can't tell what it is. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of things, but a lot of small things that yeah. there's just no time, I think, in just how Western cinema does it. Like, he's not allowed to do, you know, 70 takes to get mm-hmm. this exact thing right. right. That yeah. in Eastern cinema, where he has more control yeah. and everything and more time to shoot things, he's able to do these insane stunts because he just he has the time to do them. Mm-hmm. yeah like jumping through everything or just like jumping <laughs> off this building or just doing yeah. like that or just like you know flipping a pencil and just catching it and something. yeah all that stuff I miss that <laughs> it really works like if you if you if, <laughs> try Drunken Master yeah like, if you watch his movements and that oh my gosh cause that's like, like doing Kung Fu and then also like being 
pretend playing drunk while doing yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. oh man, great combo. Jackie Chan. Yeah. Definitely yeah. not the first time he's been brought up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on a kung fu kick. Amazing. <laughs> but Jackie Chan is. I, I think he's on a global scale. He's the highest paid actor yep. globally. Oh no, deserved. Yeah. You go, Jackie. I think he's like always at the top because like he makes so much money. Like. Not in just you know not in the U.S. like outside the U.S. because like what is he doing now? Like he's doing so much work all What's over his the world. Real name, like in Chinese, Chen Long. Chen Long. Chen Long. So Chan, Chan, and then Long. I don't know if this is the actual name. It's what he goes by, but yeah. mm. so some something some sort of dragon. Interesting. Jackie Chan is just like such a great stage name. It yeah, really yeah. is. Where did that come from? <laughs> I do wonder about that. Like, where did that? We're Jet Li. Like, those are such cool-ass names, yeah. you know? Jet. Just roll off the tongue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what else are people watching lately? Uh, Glow Season 3. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Just binge-watched that last week. Yep. Oh, me too. So good. I don't know if... Uh, has anyone else seen Glow? I haven't I'm... gotten into it yet, but I listened to a podcast with Betty Gilpin mm-hmm. that, got me oh. really, that made me really want to watch Glow because she was so cool. Yeah. She's absolutely amazing. I the whole cast is amazing, but yeah. she's maybe my favorite. Part yeah, I think this the the third season is it's really really good. Oh, really good. It's good compared to the first. Like mm-hmm. I, I was a late bloomer coming to Glow, so mm-hmm. I binge watched it all like last year. Um, um, but yeah, like it was, it's it's just about women of wrestling, mm-hmm. <laughs> the gorgeous ladies of wrestling, of wrestling, yeah. set in like mid eighties. Um, but Most it's, of them yeah. are actresses mm-hmm. or actors just trying to, you know, bide their time by, like, mm-hmm. getting get paid. paid. Yeah. <laughs> what I like, because it's, like, you know, focus on, on women, like, in the mid-80s, yeah. where it's, like, entertainment was so male-focused. So male-focused. But, like, they tackle all those, or they touch on those, like, issues where it's, like, well, we're not getting paid as much as, like, men would get paid. Or... Eventually, um, like, Betty Gilpin is one of the producers on the show, but, like, she's not being respected as one. Like, they do interviews, but they always, like, exclude her. Like, she's not, you know, just considered as important because she's a woman, and then she just, like, takes charge, and it's amazing. Oh, it's amazing, especially since, like, Betty's character, like, she is the main, one of the main characters Mm -hmm. in in the shows, and... They get they go through some interesting adventures in season three. Yeah, because they, they're in Vegas in they're season Vegas. three. Yeah, so <laughs> all the shenanigans that come with that. Uh-huh. But one thing that like annoyed me about the season is so in the last in the second season they introduced a new character, um, who she came out she was gay and yeah. I was like oh my gosh and there was another wrestler who like had feelings for her but like didn't want to come out or was like hesitant about coming out uh-huh. and in this third season like they get more into it but they like it was so like shallow how they touched on like why you know it was the 80s she's middle eastern like yeah. they didn't touch on like why she was had like such internal issues with like just saying the word gay or just mm-hmm. like saying that like mm-hmm. you know that she's attracted to women right i think it was kind of insinuated though because mm-hmm. of her middle eastern yeah. heritage because you know in the middle east that, yeah. that's not acceptable but it's like how all, they just kind of they kind of glossed over it cause at the end she's like i'm gay and like yeah. everyone's like yay but they just really glossed over like the issues behind that and like they didn't like spend enough time with it yeah because yeah. there's so many characters like i get it like there's so many people to focus on mm-hmm. but it was a very like superficial kind of a, a touch but I wonder if they're going to go more into it which I hope, I hope so. they do because yeah. they also introduced um, a drag performer in yes. the third season <laughs> so they're getting into some more like social um, yeah. social yeah. issues like in the 80s and stuff so I'm excited to see what comes next I was most excited about season 3 and 4 so glow 
I yeah, I need a better representation of like a Middle Eastern gay character because every thing that I have ever you know mm-hmm. and educate me if there's something out there that I've missed, but like that now and then like on the bold type mm-hmm. there was that one Adina character who like is like a feminist lesbian artist and has been like um exiled from like I think she's Iranian yeah mm-hmm. but like everything about I mean that show is super is pretty superficial to begin with <laughs> it on is bold type. and that was like I just felt like that was handled so shallowly mm-hmm. and also in my opinion it seemed like it was from a non-queer actor too so yeah. that really like was very apparent and like honestly one of the best representations of it is one of the contestants on Are You The One <laughs> <laughs> one of them all Nor <laughs> is Middle Eastern and she like got married at 21 to a man she, well she's bi she's mm-hmm. like queer and she, like, got married to a man, and she's like, that's just, like, culturally what I felt more comfortable with and, like, felt like I had to do. And so, like, she's on national. Like, that's a real person that's, like, having real-life consequences to mm-hmm. that. And my it's, question is, was she American-born or was she born over... American-born. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, like, first generation, yeah. I wonder if the issue with that is, like, I can see that being an issue because the lack of... Um, like writers who have that experience or like can actually like write about that experience right Um, I mean I'm sure there are a lot of writers but they're not getting the right opportunities to write about it Mm -hmm. but that did remind me because I wonder like a show like Rami Mm -hmm. is a show where I feel like they could definitely Mm -hmm. touch on that absolutely I'm excited to see what the next season does with Mahershala Yes, that's right. I need to get into Rami. season two. Mm-hmm. It's so good. I watched his um his stand up, which I I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think he's adorable. <laughs> he's very <Yeah>. cute. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then sticking on Netflix, I watched Mindhunter. I binged the oh. first season and started the second season. And I don't know why I haven't watched it before because I love serial killers. And I love murder. So yeah. nice. I don't know. It took me forever. <laughs> but <laughs> but what a great show. It's I, so interesting. I, uh, yeah, I watched the first season, but I, I watched the pilot and hated it, and then, like, came, revisited it later. Have you watched the second rest. season? I haven't watched the second mm-hmm. season yet, but I was actually just listening to a podcast on my way here where they were talking about it and how this season they spent a lot of time with, um, the Atlanta Child mm-hmm. Killer, mm-hmm. which, and they were saying how there's a lot of, like, satisfying, um, sort of voice to a lot of the stuff that wasn't. Um, you know, given in real life, mm-hmm. so it makes me excited uh, to go watch that. Once yeah. I like don't, once I'm not sharing my house with an eight year old, I'll binge it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It like it, I love the show, but it also frustrates me because it takes place in a time where like people were just so like rigid and stuck in their ways, mm-hmm. and they're like not open to like they're just like yeah, there's bad people, like bad people kill and blah 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 blah. Uh, and it frustrates me so much, but it also brings me so much, like, hope because there's people who, like, are so progressive in their time who are, like, we need to think about the psychology, like, what's going on in their mind. And uh-huh. uh, it's just a great balance of, like, frustration and also, like, <laughs> progressiveness of the time. Um, but also the <laughs> a fun thing that they do mention because they're, like, they, you know, talk about terror killers and there's, like, one black serial killer and they're, like, yeah, like, there aren't any black serial killers. I'm like, yeah, they're all white. White people are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cause they're monsters. Cause they, <laughs> but also, because they touch on, like, you know, it's a very white show, but they do, like, they do a pretty good job at, like, touching on, like, why everything is so white. Because they do interview um, a black man to join their team, but they're like, all the people we talk to, like, who are in prison, like, 
they're probably racist. Like it's gonna it's gonna skew the results so much if we have someone like him talking to like a, a person who you know might want to kill him. Mm-hmm. So it you know it's a very white show, but it's the it is the time. White. <laughs> yeah, that is interesting too because like yeah, it's like same thing with like a woman. Mm-hmm. Like you know, if you're like trying to get a serial killer to open up. Yeah, like they have a woman on the team, but like they're not gonna put her in front of these serial killers. Right. Like exactly. Yeah. But second season is also has been good so far. It's good. I been I finished the last episode of the second season last night. Ooh. So it's it does a, a really good job of I think expanding all the characters there and they introduce some good characters as well. And it's a, a it focuses a lot more on Tench. This mm. season not Holden. Oh, good. So okay. like, Holden's sort of there and he's not really like he doesn't feel like the main focus, but oh, Bill Tench is like the main focus of the season. That's so. great because that's obviously what my mm-hmm. like I love what yeah. the first yeah. season is. I just did not I yeah. don't care for that character. I don't need more like male ego in my mm-hmm. life. <laughs> it's just a great like another take on like crime. I love crime. Like watching it, not committing, <laughs> watching crime, like true crime. News at 11. You know, <laughs> people, you know, I get worried about me cuz I just binge like snapped, but whatever. Um but it's like, you know, you go into the mentality of like why people but that's what interests me and is so you know, I don't want to say exciting, but sort of exciting. Like, fascinating. It's really? fascinating. Like, you know, why, like how can people do things like this? Like, what's going on in their mind? And, like, just going beyond, like, the actions and just going, you know, mm-hmm. deeper into those people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. It's, like, if you want to try and, like, prevent that from mm-hmm. happening, then you have to have a better understanding exactly. of it. And... Because, like, you know, they say in the first season, like, well, you know, you can't stop crime from happening. Like, bad people are going to commit crimes all the time, but it's like, maybe we can prevent things. Like, we can see a pattern. We can, you know, (laughs) eventually get into... We can hunt mines. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That's the ultimate ultimate goal. (laughs) Ultimate goal. I'm just reflecting on how awful white people, myself, were. not myself, but you know, I've, I try to like use like we when I talk about it because like it's, you know, like I can't exclude myself from my responsibility of, you know, benefiting in white supremacy, but like what a, what a true, what a prime example of like how toxic it is to be like that, to have that much power yeah. and that it's much, true. you know, delusion as to, like, your entitlement to the resources of the world, mm-hmm. you turn into a serial killer. <laughs> so, you know, if you yeah. need yet another argument to dismantle white supremacy... Boom. Serial killers. <laughs> You're producing serial killers. <laughs> Here, here's another <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Victor, you saw Good Boys? I did. What, what was, was it? Think? It was very well done. It was basically... South Park in real life. Um, <laughs> it just got more and more ridiculous as it went on. It's like this situation could never happen. Like this is this is I'm I was still in it, but it's just like this is this is ridiculous. <laughs> but it also I think it works because it relies so much on the like the heart between those three kids mm-hmm. and like they work so well together. Yeah, and it's like it has very heartfelt moments. It didn't destroy Jacob Tremblay for me. Oh, <laughs> that's really what my follow-up question was going to be. Yeah, like, I knew where you were going. Little angel. I think yeah. he's still a sweet little angel. He's just like it's also it shows him like he's grown up, but he's still just like a sweet little kid. Yeah, oh, good. I'm excited to see it. I think from the trailer, like 
because it's all the funny moments are like from their innocence as kids like you say these words you don't understand or like mm -hmm. you talk about things you don't have no idea like what it means or <laughs> what it actually is and that's what the comedy is but like I mean some people are so offended they're like oh my god these children like throwing f-bombs I'm like yeah your kids are doing it too <laughs> they're also like they're saying words that they don't understand and they're also like mispronouncing words they've heard once but they yeah. have no, they have no idea yeah. <laughs> so they're just putting it in places and then there's like the cool kids who like who are still like 10 so yeah. they're, like they're trying yeah. to be like super you know yeah swag and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> this is your this is yours now like, yeah. yeah I can't wait to see it but like am I gonna be like in a post euphoria world being so worried of oh them? god why are they great school question. <laughs> <laughs> or just being like oh my god they're, this is the start of their corruption they're not doing drugs are they I don't think, no no, no. Thank <laughs> there's god. a very good plot line around drugs and how they're all anti-drug oh, right? oh, they're trying oh, to get like gosh. these drugs off the street they're you. like oh. you're ruining your life. <laughs> I'm concerned for my child's upbringing after you. No, I think like, I think watching this is like a, a interesting counterpoint to Euphoria. Wow. I feel like Euphoria also because it's like a small town. It's like nothing to do. You do drugs. True. So keep your kids out of small towns. That's true. I, that's <laughs> a, I grew up in a small town, so it was very. Yeah. A little bit I think that was like the, the the lesson. <laughs> keep keep their minds active with other things. Yeah, <laughs> Arts and culture. Yeah. Your mistakes, small town. I feel like I'm gonna like this because I'm gonna find this relatable. Like I was the youngest of three, and like mm -hmm. my brother and sister were like off doing corruption things yeah. and I was like I'm never gonna drink <laughs> that changed <laughs> but I remember being like a total like dare like drank the Kool-Aid of dare mm -hmm. and it was like drugs and alcohol are the devil <laughs> it just like reminds me like seeing the trailers for the movie like when I was like eight, nine, like at the playground, and then you like heard kids like say certain things, and you're like, I don't know what that means, but like, oh my gosh, and then just like repeating things that you have no idea what it means, but like you think it's cool. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I'm excited. I feel like it'll be like a trip down memory lane. <laughs> like it also sounds like I, everyone's like been through that. Like it's just that's what childhood is. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I started watching Parenthood. <gasps> You've oh. never watched Parenthood I, before. Okay, so I never really knew what Parenthood was about. I was thinking it was like a this, like a very sad, like a This Is Us sort of a show. No. So I've always avoided it. But then last night I was go going through Netflix and it was like under like comedy shows, and I was Are like, you a "What?" Tatum's fan. I don't know who that is. But oh probably. <laughs> but I did like the show because I was like, I had no idea it was like lighthearted and fun and. Yes. Oh what? my god, I'm so I've been, excited. I've been missing out. <laughs> so good. Oh my gosh, Jason Kadams is the same guy that did Friday Night Lights, which oh, is also incredible. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh my goodness, but yes. It I always is. thought it was like a really sad, like really like dramatic show about a family and like no. the, how awful parenthood is. I mean, sure, <laughs> but <laughs> I didn't realize how like fun it is. Oh no, it, yeah, there are definitely like drama points, mm -hmm. but it is oh, beautiful. I want to let's start a spinoff podcast where mm -hmm. we just like talk about all of the episodes of Parenthood. <laughs> Although I've been watching the first oh, season, which came out like 2010, and yeah. like there's some things that are like yeah. a little insensitive. Uh -huh. But gets, I'm like, it gets its legs. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm just like, like it bothered me, but I brush it off. I'm like, okay, it was it was a while ago. It gets better, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a super well done show. I watched the finale. 
on a plane coming back from a work conference Uh and I my because like planes make you cry more in general and like that finale will make you cry and I was I was so distraught that the woman sitting next to me who was my friend full disclosure but she was like are you gonna be okay I've never seen someone like so genuinely concerned for me because I was sobbing so hard but like from a great like from like a good like a heartwarming place too like it's mm-hmm. not like pure devastation yeah like no, nothing in it is like that that's yeah. like my oh. reaction to the ending of Pete's Dragon yeah. <laughs> for those of you who do not know I can I uncontrollably sobbed at the end of Pete's Dragon after I just started a new job at OMD <laughs> next to our VP it's I was there. But it was like it was like such a good like it was sad, but it was also such a happy ending. So it was, it was like so happy. it was so happy. Right. And they looked like dogs. So I was just yeah. thinking of dogs the whole time because they're like fluffy dragons. Oh, he gets like reunited with his dragon family. Yes, it is so. It makes me so happy. I'm not gonna cry now, but I'll, I will rewatch the movie tonight. <laughs> I never, I never have actually sat down and watched it. You should. I, I know. You should I watch only, it. I remember they showed the original when I was at OMD, oh, like yeah. leading up to. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. The oh, yeah, yeah, the original was so it's, weird. It is uh, <laughs> no, bad. It's very bad. <laughs> yeah. It does not hold up. Super weird. I liked it. It's like it's a it's a fun like adventure movie. Not you're talking about the remake. The, the, the remake. Yeah. Twenty sixteen. She didn't see the original. No, no, no. What's that guy's name? Mickey Rooney. Yeah, Mickey, Mickey, Mickey Rooney. Yep. Oh, God. Talk about garbage humor. Uh, Shelly Winters mm-hmm. was also Yeah, the original. So oh, but yeah, no, Parenthood is so, <laughs> so excited. Also, because, wait, does Jabbar get um, introduced? Yes. Oh, Jabbar yeah. is like the cutest kid actor Thank I you. think he's adorable ever on the planet he's adorable yeah he was introduced actually I think like the second episode oh he's so he's, cute yeah very soon oh yeah. goodness what are we excited for coming up I'm a terrible lesbian and I haven't watched the L Word trailer <laughs> I know I added this on here with the intention of watching it before I got here and I still haven't I didn't watch it either but I saw I saw <laughs> they released it. it I'll talk about it next week <laughs> maybe at this point I'll just talk about it when it we'll comes table, out we'll table table that I added the next thing which was Stardust it is apparently in the works they just casted a oh yeah who they cast actor Johnny Flynn I don't know mm. what that I feel is like he's a David Bowie biopic yeah Interesting. Um, Isn't this the one though where like they can't use any they of can't his use music? Any of it. What? Duncan Jones, David Bowie's son, has uh, is very verbal on Twitter about it. He's like, I mean, I don't know if it's being produced, but I know that they can't use any of my father's stuff. So um, just oh, Johnny Flynn. So, yeah. If anyone's watched um, Love Sick on Netflix, okay, he's the lead. No, just uh, me. All right. Yeah, I'm not. I didn't, I wasn't <laughs> he was in Les Mis. Was he? What, what was he? In the BBC One oh, the adaptation. BBC one. Uh. Nope. <laughs> Psych out. <laughs> Never mind. They released a picture of him. Also because Love's... Because it was called Scrotal, scrotal Recall. Recall. I think it was really funny because oh, it was called re- Scrotal. Because it was Scrotal re-branded. Recall before Netflix like acquired. Because I think Netflix made the final seasons for it. So then they oh. renamed it as Lovesick. But it was originally like, Scrotal over Recall. And being like... Oh, should I try it? Like, do it. It was actually a pretty good show. I heard it's a good show, but yeah. like, I remember before when it was just Scrotal Recall and like <laughs> having this debate over and over and over in my head of being like, do I find this funny like, I or do watch I hate this? this? <laughs> I can't decide like just from the title alone if I think this is funny or mm. a revolt. So he's also an, an, a musician and songwriter, so I feel like that 
Mm. I don't know. I've seen a picture of him in costume for for the film, and he looks like he could pull it off. So does it seem like the family... Because the issue is they can't use Bowie's music because the family's not giving rights to... I feel like because they're already making it without Mm. consulting the family first. Oh. Because it just seems like... That's, That's why. I'm like, you just gotta abandon ship. Yeah. That I don't understand. Like, I hate when people, like, sure, people want to know, you know, about all these legends' lives, but it's like, they're also, they're real people. Like, they have they families. They have people, you know, you have to respect their wishes. You have to respect what yeah, they want right. for, like, their family's memory. So I feel like, I think it's, I, I hate when people just, like, disregard that and they're like, we just want to make this movie anyway because we want to make money, but, like, have no regard, like Green Book, Mm-mm. to like how the, these real <laughs> yeah, life people are waiting. displayed. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just I'm, I'm thinking it more on the, uh, along the lines because Duncan Jones is also a fabulous director. Like he directed this movie called Moon, mm-hmm. starring um, mm-hmm. Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell, our favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <I> love him. <laughs> um, so I think maybe I don't, I don't know. Like I think maybe he would do something more to honor his father's memory. Mm. And yeah, I feel like maybe he's kind of upset Yeah, like, if that he doesn't want to do it, it, then, like, yeah. then don't do it. Yeah. yeah. Just wait. If you don't have Duncan Jones and, like, Iman on your, like, on your oh, side, yeah. Yeah. like, yeah. just, you, you... And you don't have the music. The, yeah. yeah. The music. It's pretty yeah. important component. I agree. <laughs> it's, yeah. From what I read, it's going to focus more around the... Bef- like that middle tier before he be- he became Ziggy Stardust, which mm. when he was in the uh, series of bands, like little garage bands. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that like could be interesting. Yeah, but then also like without the payoff of him becoming that. That's yeah. True. That's like well, we're gonna take this weird indie take on it, and I'm just gonna be like, no, I came here for the costume. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what well, I, th- I don't know. I'm a, I'm an avid David Bowie supporter yeah. <laughs> everything so everything. even the pre-Ziggy Stardust stuff <laughs> yeah I, w- I, w- I am still interested to see like yeah I think I'm in a weird way like more interested just because it's like how, how does this movie work now yeah mm. like and, do- and if it does work then that's you know yeah I mean it was him discovering who Ziggy Stardust would become anyway which hmm. that is fascinating did perform in dress and full drag before mm-hmm. he became Ziggy Stardust but I wonder if like because that is an interesting story, but, like, should they just do it as, like, an inspired by mm. his life sort of a thing? Yeah. yeah, like, make it about, like, somebody else. Yeah, like, if yeah. it's a fictional person, but, like, mm-hmm. you know, it's based on his life and his experiences. Which they've done in the past. Oh, that could be, like, so queer and amazing. Yeah. Which, I don't know if anybody's familiar with this deep cut, but it's called The Velvet Gold Mine, which starred Jonathan Reese Myers, mm-hmm. who oh, played a David Bowie-esque character. Oh. And Ewan McGregor, who played an Iggy Pop character, mm. um, and also Patrick, not Patrick, I keep saying Patrick Bateman, but it's, that's not him. <laughs> <laughs> that's not him. Um, Interesting film. <laughs> Go on. This is crossing film too. Oh, God. <laughs> the one who played Patrick Bateman. Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Christian Bale. <laughs> Christian Bale also plays it. He's a reporter who is fascinated with these two... Um, larger-than-life musicians who are, you know, simulating... Iggy Pop and David Bowie and mm. become in a relationship with each other and he comes mm. becomes intertwined and kind of discovers his self and his sexuality mm. through this movie. So, oh. The Velvet Goldmine, everybody. I gotta check that yeah. out. I do. But it's not very good. Uh, Dark Crystal. That was also mine. <laughs> yeah. I, I watched the trailer for that and yeah. it looked like it's 
it's nice to see that style of filmmaking again. Jim Henson, yeah. I'm telling you. So the Jim Henson, um, back in 82, created this film called The Dark Crystal, before The Labyrinth. Mm. <laughs> um, and it's... it's uh, so this is like a sequel to it? It's, it's a, a prequel. Prequel. Yeah, oh, it's, but it's gonna be a movie. It's Age a movie. of Resistance. Age of Resistance. Well, it's not a movie. It's a show. It's gonna be a series. Oh. Um, and it's wonderful puppetries of Jim Henson and. Which mm. I just saw Labyrinth full like all the way through for the first time. That was your first time. That was my first time. See, that was my first time seeing it all, like sitting through the whole thing, oh, and I, I still fell asleep a little bit. But like, <laughs> the, what a remarkable movie! <laughs> <laughs> just David Bowie's uh, songs. I love that, <laughs> that you're going like back, and it's like I just saw John Wick. It's I, awesome. I, I just yeah. saw Labyrinth. <laughs> <laughs> Highly recommend. <laughs> it's not always. This is breaking news for us as individuals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not all going to be just industry breaking news. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's usually me. Who hasn't seen the movie, yeah, so yeah. like you know, <laughs> I have no excuse. But that it's so wild that that movie was made. Number one, because it's so campy, it's beautiful and weird. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like David Bowie, like the commitment. Like yes. I cannot picture a modern day person who could be that sort of like it's almost could be dorky. Like it almost mm. could be really late, like really um. You know, just like nerdy and yeah. um, playing dress up, unless you're like really committed to it or have the right energy, and instead, it, it just is incredible. It, works. <laughs> it just works, <laughs> and I just don't think I don't know if we are like in a day and age where we that kind of risk taking would happen. Yeah, um, we're not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Like, there's a lot. It's a new frontier of a lot of like cool stuff. You know, I'm not like some you know old fogey, but I am. And <laughs> <laughs> um, David, like the labyrinth for me was like it was my favorite film growing up. Yeah. Like I just, you know, David Bowie was that. That's when I fell in love with him. Have you heard of the labyrinth masquerades that they do? I did. I have. They also there was also um, uh, there was something else that was happening, like a gallery uh, as well. But mm. I can't remember when that was set. Um, but it's the same, so back to Dark Crystal, so the, the artist who created these characters, his name is Brian Froud, um, Toby Froud, it also plays Toby in Labyrinth, so that's, oh, um, that's wow. a nice little connection there. I'm a big fan of his, so just he designed all the, the puppets and mm-hmm. characters and then Jim Henson just created them for but it's going to be sort of like practical effects. Very, yeah. Well, actually, mm-hmm. yeah. Pretty well advanced that's effects. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, like, I want to risk taking on, like, practical effects yeah. with that. Yeah. That's, that stuff is super fun. Yeah. Oh, it is. And, like, remarkable what they can pull off. Yeah. Truly. So I'm excited for that. It's streaming on Netflix starting August 30th. Oh, oh that's so cool. soon. Yep. Wow. What's Motherless Brooklyn? Oh, so I, I, this is me. <laughs> this is, like, uh, Edward Norton writ, wrote and directed this film. It's, like, based on this novel. And it's basically, like, a, a crime noir story about this detective who has uh, Tourette's. And, oh. yeah, and he's, like, investigating, I think it was the murder of, like, his, his like, uh, superior, who, like, was the person who, like, took a chance on him and gave him mm. his shot. And, um... 
I think it's also supposed to be like part musical. The film. Oh, it's very weird. And the I trailer, that. yeah, <laughs> me too. And the trailer true released crime musical. Yeah, it's, it looks really interesting. Or not true it's crime, but crime musical. musical. But yeah. true crime musical. That is a new genre we need to explore. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll come back to that. Just like picturing Stephen Avery like singing. <laughs> hilarious. To me. Oh no. Um, kind of sad too. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just nice to like. It was refreshing the trailer. It, just because it's like so you just don't see movies like this really mm-hmm. anymore like everything is saving new york from whatever alien invasion or something like right. that and i like that stuff a lot mm-hmm. obviously but it's also it's like it's it's so rare that you get to see just like a more classic style film anymore like yeah. you get get like a big release um and especially one like featuring Edward Norton of all people, who like has been one yeah, of my he's been f- quiet. He's for been a really while. quiet. Mm-hmm. He's done some like stuff with Wes Anderson, but yeah. largely like nothing. Like it's been like voiceover work or like small appearances. Mm-hmm. But yeah. to have a new project from him and one that he's like actually spearheading that yeah. he wrote and directed, he was like my first favorite actor of all time. Was Aww. Edward Norton. So this is like it was like really big when I saw that he was working on this, and it also the cast is amazing. It has Bruce Willis, who looks like he might actually be acting oh, again for once. Yeah. Great. Yeah, right? Like, he's a good actor when he just shows up. Yes. So, um. I love Edward Norton. Also, one of my favorite Edward Norton movies is Keeping the Faith. Oh, and he directed that, too. Did he direct that? He directed that. that. Oh, that was, this goodness. is his first he did, film that he directed right? since Keeping that the Faith. That was with Jenna Elfman. Yes. yes. And mm-hmm. Ben Stiller. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I did like that movie. Yeah. It was so I good. I love that movie. There. He's a Edward Norton is a priest yep. and Ben Stiller is a rabbi and they're best friends and they're both like vying for their yeah. childhood bestie Jenna Elfman mm-hmm. who's a straight up hottie <laughs> and I think an atheist <laughs> in that movie probably oh, yeah, Scientology in real life <laughs> is she really yes yeah. I had no idea mm-hmm. you might have just ruined this movie a little bit for oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. reality sucks Keep guys <laughs> Well, maybe she wasn't a Scientologist. That's what I mean. Fair, that. yeah, maybe, maybe. Oh, man. Yeah, I, f- I feel like ever since ever since Marvel fired Edward Norton from the Hulk, his career is like it's taken like some weird turns. Yeah. I so. liked his version of the Hulk. I did too. I enjoyed it. I, yeah, it just, I haven't rewatched it as an adult. But yeah, when I saw it in theaters. I was into it. I've rewatched it, and I, I think it still holds up for me. And it's also it just plays differently because, like, Bruce Banner isn't a joke character right. he's not there for like he's genuinely like he's, yep. he's a genius that's the thing that's like first and foremost and he really is like scared of himself yeah. you know and like not so much like he's scared for other people but he's equally terrified of his own power mm-hmm. and I feel like that is sort of like missing from like and I love Mark Ruffalo a lot and for what they're doing with the role like I, I'm a fan of it and I want to see more of him but I also would like to see a return to like he is a genius and he's like he's like a very like tortured kind of soul who's been through some shit yeah exactly you know and he spent and so like that that film and like it's more of like a man on the run type film yeah um which which was like a really different sort of offering and the movie just like didn't do crazy well this is like the Marvel's phase one that was sort of uh, up and down in between yeah. yeah And um, but it still holds up well, and, and him being fired, like he was like my fan casting for Bruce Banner, and then it happened, and I couldn't believe it. And then he got fired, and I was like, "Oh fuck, Marvel!" <laughs> Which did last, obviously. <laughs> Immediately saw like Wait. Thor. Oh yeah, because the Eric Banner version came before. Before. Yeah. Before the Edward Norton. That, that was Ang Lee. Ang Lee's. Oh yeah. Ang Lee's right. weird borderline that indie film weird. version. Yeah. Of, 
That was like three. Wasn't it super long? It, well, it was. I don't. It felt long. It felt very long. <laughs> I saw it at the drive-in. Not I, <laughs> I never saw it. It's it. You're not missing too much. Yeah. It's not. It I don't sounds think. Sounds like it. Yeah. Don't bother. It's just a weird. It's just a weird movie. There's like Hulk dogs. Like yeah. hulked out poodle. Oh no, point. I don't like that. Mm-mm. He also just keeps getting bigger throughout the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it just explodes. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a weird film. Uh, it doesn't really hold up well, but I I would recommend revisiting the Incredible Hulk if you need some like yes. Marvel Phase One goodness in your life. <laughs> what was your favorite Edward Norton film? American History X. Yeah, mm. that was the that was the film that like was one of the films where it was like oh, this oh. this makes me love movies. Like yeah. I didn't really. I just liked them, and then I saw that, and was like, yeah. I want to like be in this world. Yeah. I really want to rewatch that movie, but like, I I can't get myself. It's such a. It's so hard to watch. It's hard to watch. But like, I really want to watch it again. Yeah, I yeah. feel like it was a really formative movie for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember seeing it and being like, truly shell shocked for. Oh like, yeah. Absolutely. Days. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, like I don't think I've ever been like truly speechless after a movie mm-hmm. like that. But you know, yeah. Like I don't, I don't think I like ever. It's like obviously such a, it's like well nuanced, but I just like I just don't think I ever need to see a movie with like about white supremacists. Yeah, it's, yeah, it, it's kind of it's more than that though. Yeah. I feel. Yeah, like, it is. You know, yeah. I, I don't. It's feel very like, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like to to you know see. <sighs> it's a tough one because yeah, it's it like. Is. Tough. You know, obviously the characters are very problematic, like yeah. the whole the issues. But like, it's such a good movie. Yeah, it's, it's just a, it's yeah. just such a especially like in this. Well, no, it's like all the continued day and age. Mm-hmm. But it's just like so. I, I struggle so much with like humanizing people like that, mm-hmm. right. right? And like that, but at the same time, it's like how do you go move past it as a society if we don't like think of? But it's like yeah, so like what? Because like that's the thing. I have this, this stick about stick about whatever I'm rambling but <laughs> the difference between like white nationalists and white supremacists mm-hmm. because you, like we need to normalize the term like white supremacy so much more to be able to recognize it and like call it out and the pure unintentional fact of that like w- white dominance of like every industry and like mm-hmm. yep. so much things uh, so many um, things that control like how we consume food how we you know view our media everything like ownership and property rights and things like that so that's like that to me is like white supremacy and people associate so much with like white nationalists mm-hmm. which is like what american history x is where it's like extremists like domestic terrorists like yeah. that is just like terrorism and so that so many people reject white supremacy because they're like well i'm not a white supremacist like because they're associating it with white nationalists right and so it makes them scared off to like admit or recognize like where white dominance is happening and so like that movie is really great to show like this is like the extremist form of it Mm -hmm. but it's it's still dangerous to me as a film to be like see I'm like I'm not perpetuating white supremacy because I'm not like that person Mm. or like like you know so it's like it's a fine line to me yeah but I also think that's that that's always going to exist and people yeah. are always going to find ways to to other themselves and to say I, I'm mm-hmm. different from this. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it's True. and I think for for its time, and when it came out, it it like still holds up really well and mm-hmm. was like a pretty impactful film because yeah. it's like we this is a conversation we're having now mm-hmm. we weren't really having at the time at all. Yeah. So to have this be like such a powerful introduction and for it to be a movie that's like 
yes, it, it is about a, a man's capacity to change, yep. but it's also so much about that cycle of violence and how you can't really escape yeah. You know, the consequences of your actions. Uh -huh. And they have these, like, far-reaching effects that, that don't just impact you, but impact the people that are around you in ways that, like, you can't ever, you will never recover from. Um, so in that sense, it's like, the fact that it's not, like, this happy movie that just ties a bow on things and says, like, all right, like, yeah. and he changes, and he, he doesn't hate mm -hmm. black people anymore, and everyone's yeah. happily ever after. Like, mm -hmm. no, like, he might have gotten over this hurdle, but the effects of it are still... They're still there, yep. and the way the film ends is such a like heartbreaking moment yeah. that like, I even now watching it, it's like I still get really worked up. It's like the airplane crying, or yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. it's just just <laughs> waterworks. So um, yeah, so that that's that. I would say that is my favorite Ed Norton film. That and like that Richard Gere uh, uh, Primal Fear. Oh, Primal Fear! <laughs> Love that damn movie. <laughs> I, as long as you didn't say The Illusionist, I was fine. Like, no, not The Illusionist. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like something that was really affecting like that of recent. I mean, I think Moonlight was that for yeah. me mm -hmm. too. But yeah, that subject matter is hard to tackle. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think of a movie that is like that was painful to. I I mean, I I guess when they see us is probably yeah I which I still have not watched I still haven't watched it I don't I know say, if I ever will I was on a plane to New York last weekend and the guy sitting next to me was binge watching when they see us on the plane so yeah. I kept watching his reactions because I was like he's gonna like burst into tears any minute now yeah. but he was stone faced <laughs> but I was actually but I was very happy that he was watching it because it was a white man and he was watching when they see us on the plane so I was just like good for you also he's yeah. probably a serial killer so yeah. <laughs> also true <laughs> yes yes yes, yes, yes. Like, sir let go of your toxic masculinity it's okay to have feelings yeah. about this no. and if you no. don't have feelings about that explore that <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly but yeah Heavy stuff, guys. Great, yeah. lighthearted, no yeah. things. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll be back next week again. This was fun, guys. Yeah. A megasode. Megasode. Yeah. Missed you guys. <laughs> Same. All right. Well, that wraps it up, I think. Yeah. Cool. Bye bye. Bye bye. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. The Just for Us podcast is produced by Bleakly, your source for minority nerd culture news. Make sure to check out Bleakly.com if you're interested in learning more about the topics we covered today. And last but not least, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter, at JFU Podcast, to let us know if there's anything in entertainment that you want us to cover. We'll be back next week. Talk to you soon. Bye.